Welcome to the TNV Podcast. Thanks again, guys, for joining us, for listening to uh, what we want to share with you guys. So uh, we're moving in, we're continuing on with our episodes around the Apostles' Creed. As a reminder, uh, we're doing this because the statement of faith or how we answer the question in Novation community of what do you believe Uh, We answer that with the Apostles' Creed because it is just a great summary, um, concise and straight to the point of this is what we believe. It also just hits the major things, which is what we want to emphasize on as a community. There are a lot of good but minor things to consider when you're you're thinking about following Jesus Christ, but uh, the Apostles' Creed is a great summary and lays out what the big things are. Um, Today, we're gonna be talking probably about the biggest thing, right guys? And joining me today, um, my name's Chris. Uh, We also have TJ. Hello. Pander and Scott Troutwine, guys. Good morning. Thanks again for coming and and joining with us. So, uh, the section of the creed that we are going through today, guys, and we're gonna follow the same kind of pattern that we did um, uh, for the previous previous episode where we're going to just ask some questions around this, have a discussion, provide some answers, but more importantly, some uh, hopefully just start some of the discussion, which leads me to remind you, please join the discussion, ask some questions. We'll be monitoring the TND Facebook group. Again, go out to Facebook. Search for Novation Church and you'll find the TND Facebook group there. If you can't join in, uh, just request to be a member. We'll get that taken care of. And then join in the discussion and feel free to ask questions in um, really around any of this topic. So what's our, what are we continuing with? Again, probably the most important and major tenet of our faith. Here's the section of the creed that we're in. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And so we're going to be asking some questions, but a lot of it's going to be around the resurrection. Um, uh, Resurrection is probably the most important tenet of our faith. So, uh, guys, if we're talking about the resurrection... um, you know, I guess the most logical place to start is, did it really happen? Um, and if so, what, you know, does it really have any kind of meaning for us today? I've shared with you guys as we were discussing before uh, starting to record the episode. Here's an article, this is a few years old, but this is from a gentleman who says he used to follow Christ and is still a Christian, but he's rejected the idea of the physical bodily resurrection. Here's what he says. The miracle of a bodily resurrection is something I have rejected without moving away from its basic idea. What I mean is that we can reach the lowest point of our lives of going deep into a place that feels like death and then find our way out again. That's the story of the 
what the resurrection now tells me. And at Easter, this is expressed in community and at its best through the compassion of others. So there's a former person who used to believe in the physical resurrection of, uh, of Jesus Christ, but now says he takes it more, much more in a symbolic way which is somewhat stark to what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, where he says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching and your faith is worthless. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Because right. if we don't believe that the resurrection truly happened, then you have to back up from there and say, then I don't believe that Jesus Christ truly died. Right. Yeah. And you back that up further and you say, if Jesus Christ didn't truly die, then where's the atonement? Because the atonement had to be a death of the perfect lamb, yeah. if you will. So that's one of my big fears on, on when, when people don't believe that the resurrection is true. And as we were talking a little bit before, the, you know, the two main theories that are out there are that biological miracle. The, no, Jesus didn't really die. He just, what do you call it, TJ? The swoon theory. The swoon theory. He just appeared to be dead. They put him in the tomb and somewhere in the middle of that time of three days he, he, he woke up and somehow unwrapped himself from, from the clothing yeah. and somehow pushed this huge stone out of the way and somehow snuck past the guards. But, but even if all of that happened, why didn't he show the signs of what he'd been through when he went back and saw the, the disciples. There's absolutely no chance that that wouldn't have been reported, that, that he was, you know, beaten, battered, and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's important, too, to know how the Romans crucified people. They would break their legs when they were brought down to make sure they couldn't run if they did come back. Jesus was so dead that they didn't do that. They, they didn't break yeah. his legs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, and if you, if you think about everything that he went through in that, in that, um, that period of time, it, it becomes less, less and less um, possible that, that he would have come back from that just if he were a human. Yeah. You, know, you can't swoon and, and come back from the, the scourging, the hanging on a cross for six to seven hours, the, you know, everything else they did to him. You have to be a pretty quick healer to recover from that in three days. Right. Yeah. And not to mention being, you know, stabbed in the side to, yeah. to yeah. finish the whole yeah. thing. And really what, what it comes down to is, do I believe, this is no offense to the person who wrote this article, right? Um, but do I believe that there's a God, and do I believe that there's a supernatural world, not just a natural world? Mm -hmm. Because to me, the whole idea of, of ruling out the resurrection is ruling out the theological miracle that happened. Right. You can't wrap your right. head around it. You can't explain it. <clears throat> you can't scientifically understand it. You just have to really, and, and I hate to say it this plain, but you have to have enough faith in your God to say, you said it, you did it, I believe it. And, and, and so it comes down to, do I really believe that, that there's a supernatural God that is operating in a realm that I don't understand, in a realm that I'll never grasp until I'm on the other side of the veil, and by faith... Through, and I don't want to say this, it's not a giant leap of faith. I mean, we have historical fact, we've got sure. biblical understanding. There is document, documentation throughout history and throughout theology of all of these things, but it really still comes down in the end. 
do I believe God's real and, and he is a supernatural being and he miraculously performed the resurrection of his son after his son died to atone for our sins. Mm -hmm. And it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. Well, elsewhere Paul says, you know, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. I have one of the funnest examples of that real life from, from several years ago, and I'll expose my kids in this a little bit. Well, we're They'll sitting love at, you for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and Colton's a listener to the podcast. So, <laughs> so Colton, this is for you. <laughs> um, uh, we're sitting at the table, and, and it was recently asked the both of them, and they don't remember this, but I have a stark memory of it. Sitting at the table, I want to say maybe they're six and seven, um, and we just started talking about Jesus and what it meant to be saved, and 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 uh, along those lines, and I explained to my two little kids sitting at the kitchen table that if they would look at it this way, Colton, or I'm sorry, Michaela does something wrong. She is my more strong-willed child and so at that time it made a lot of sense she does something that's in disobedience she does something that's that was wrong and she should receive the punishment for it but instead her little brother colton would receive the punishment for what she did wrong the look on her face <laughs> was like i mean the quick shake like no, it couldn't happen, or could it? <laughs> right? But the immediate response was, that doesn't make any sense in the world that my little brother, innocent of this, would need to receive the punishment for something I did wrong. Right? And, and because that is, it is foolishness to, to consider yet. Yeah. Yet that is the message. Did he really die? Was he really resurrected? Focus, you know, it comes around that message of if he did really die, it had he was dying for mine. So he was he was lived this perfect life where um, he did not need to receive uh, any kind of punishment for any any level of disobedience. Yet he did go willingly, passed, died on the cross, and then did come back and was resurrected from the life or to life because of what he did so and how he lived in, in your verse that you used earlier that you know if, if this is all false then we're foolish falls apart it just falls right. apart yeah. right. but on the other side of that for those who would say well I don't have to believe in the resurrection I can still believe that Jesus was a good man and I could live according to what he'd want me to live, and I'll live a better life. I get that. Yeah. There's validity to that. Mm -hmm. But is there salvation in that? That's and that's what you, if you're thinking that right now out there, if that's what's in your mind, I really urge you to consider, um, is there salvation in anything other than the atonement of our sins by the death of the perfect lamb? And if there was a death of the perfect lamb, there was a theological miracle, and the resurrection took place.
that's that's obviously some very important questions to consider is you know, did the resurrection really happen? How's it play? But we wanted to also bring up some other questions that we think, you know, not, not that they're just more fun, but they're, they can be interesting to consider around this whole event of his resurrection. So yeah. one of them that we talked about, um, is it, I, for, I forget what, is it John 14 or 15? Um, no, it's not that. But so regardless, <laughs> Mary, there's a point in the crucifixion story where Mary, or in the resurrection story where Mary comes, checks on the tomb. That John 20, John 20, 17, John 20. just before. Right. Um, so uh, she comes, she finds him, realizes that it's him, and then just goes to grab a hold of him. And Jesus responds to her and says, Mary, don't cling to me. Um, why does why uh, why did Jesus tell Mary, "Don't cling to me"? You know, there's some interesting things throughout Jesus's life that I always thought were were kind of interesting, like uh, the possessed guy that he comes and releases um, from his possession, and he's back in his right mind, and that whole thing. And then he's pretty excited, and he wants to go get back onto the boat with Jesus, and Jesus tells him no, right? And I would, if I was one of Jesus' other disciples, I was like, why are you telling him no? Uh, this is another one of those where it's like, okay, she's been through this really traumatic experience. And yet Jesus says, hey, don't cling to me. How would we respond? Well, I'm going to jump in on that first. And then you guys, when we were talking earlier, had some really good applications. And I really want to hear, I want the people to hear both of those. Um, but, you know, the thing about this story is that Mary wanted to cling to Jesus. The, the word, the Greek word used there wasn't just a touch. It was like this embrace. Like, You're mine. Right. You're back. I'll never let you go again. You come back. Wherever you go, I'll be with you forever. And Jesus was saying, ho, 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 ho. That's not the way this goes. Don't touch me. Um, and then, of course, that has to filter through the ascension the gift of the Holy Spirit, and what and Mary didn't understand all that at that time, but Jesus mm -hmm. did. Jesus understood that, no, I'm not going to be with you like this right. forever. I have to go. You have to let me go um, in order for my spirit to dwell within each of you, and I'll be with you always. Yeah. Not just here at the tomb right. where I'm standing, and if they're in Bethlehem, I'm not with them. But wherever you're at in the world, I'll be with you. The flip side of that is, and, and I just love the, the, the kind of back and forth, because later Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, and I, yeah. I love doubting Thomas because I am one. Um, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> uh, but, but Jesus didn't say, don't touch me. Jesus said, come. Have at it. Have at it. Touch right. me. Right. Um, but, but with Mary, it was more of, of Mary needed to understand and have faith enough to let Jesus go, Thomas needed the strength to strengthen his faith by understanding that it was truly Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And we go back to that thing of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but again, earlier when we were talking, you guys had some application points on that. And I'm a real application guy, so I'm going to be quiet and, and let you guys talk about this. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, that immediately, first, that whole picture of, of clinging to him, and the, and the Greek word for cling that they use is haptomai, if, uh, if anybody's a nerd and wants to, <laughs> to look that up. 
Um, but that whole thing is so beautiful because you can you can see like I just want to hold you and, and never let you go. And, and Jesus is like, well, we've got work to do. I love you too, but let's go do our work. And uh, and it immediately made me think of of my sort of conversion, I guess. And I'm, I've never been shy to, to share that with anybody, but it was an immediate. Um, I was an atheist for a long time, and then now I'm not because now I can see Jesus for real. Um, and one, one second, I, I knew everything about Christianity, and it's a farce, and this and that. And then the next second, it was Jesus is glorious and wonderful with no explanation or context in it. And I just got it. And it was kind of the same thing. It was Jesus was like, uh, and, and now when I study, I, I get my head down, and I, I get kind of into the, the nerdy stuff that we talk about all the time. And I have to I have to kick myself. Well, wait a minute. It's not about just this. Get out and do something with it. Like right. The application of it. So, so that kind of keeps me keeps me in that mindset, I think. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I, I just, the word picture that gets built for me there is, well, and I shared with you guys back years ago in Bible college, although not as many years ago as Scott Trepline, <laughs> but um, back in Bible college from several years ago. Um, <laughs> not, not too many years. Not too many. We had this conversation uh, earlier, yes. so it's kind of an inside joke. <laughs> um one of my professors was making a point around this very passage that, you know, there was a concern of defilement. So G Mary couldn't touch Jesus because Jesus needed to ascend to heaven and before the mercy seat and offer his blood. And he had to be pure of, you know, without defilement to do that. Well, there is no defilement in Jesus. I can remember sitting in class going, okay, I kind of get where you're going, but I don't really I don't necessarily completely agree with that, right? That something's is is a little off there, and so that led me to really dig into this more. And I would definitely, like you were just sharing, Scott, and and you as well, T. This word there is it's got nothing to do with about Jesus being defiled or anything. It's got everything to do with Mary wanted him. That 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 is an extremely passionate or expression where it's like. I've got you, and you aren't going anywhere. And he's and 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 he is being so gentle to say, actually, yes, I am. And you know what? You're gonna be okay. Yeah. And you're not even gonna be okay. You're gonna be better. And just you know, he ascends. He sends the Holy Spirit. There are times in our relationships um, with one another, but also times in my own experience with Jesus, where it's like I want to cling right here. And he's and he will he will send you know communicate that same message of nope we're not going to just camp right here we're not just going to camp right here where like TJ where you know I was an atheist and now I am pursuing you know five years down the road that pursuit will still be there but it won't be the same as mm -hmm. what it is today. Because yeah. he wants us to not cling, and, and we do have, I do have a tendency at least to cling. I, no, this is good right here. Let's just do this. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm yeah. going to have you move on, and you yeah. know what? You're going to be okay. And not only that, you're going to be better. <laughs> so, good. Um, so another question that we talked about. Uh, following the resurrection before Jesus' ascension. He's on the Emmaus Road. 
What's some of the significance behind that little story there? Because it's got to be, there's going to be part of something. There, there, there's some significance there. What is some of that significance? And uh, we also were talking about, why didn't, the Jesus, why didn't the disciples recognize who he was? Why, didn't, why wasn't there at least some recognition of who he was? So I really, uh, I love that story. The same, same reason, the story I was telling, telling earlier about how my eyes were kind of opened. Um, and I think it's interesting when you read Luke 24 about the Emmaus Road experience. Jesus is following along these guys walking down the road for probably hours. They don't see him until they're sitting down breaking bread with him. And I think that's important, speaks to communion and, and that sort of thing. But, um, but I think in the same way that I didn't know him one second, then one second I knew him, I think that's just that's what he does. He opens our eyes. And if, if it didn't happen like that for me, I don't think it would have been as impactful mm-hmm. as it yeah. was. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened when he was sitting down at dinner with the, with the Emmaus Road fellows. Yeah. You know, there again, it's one of those things where, you know, Scripture's a little unclear yeah. why he wasn't recognized. Sure. Why didn't Mary recognize him at the tomb? And you have all the theory as well. She was further away. The, the morning light was in her eyes and until he spoke. <laughs> and then she, he spoke and, and she heard his voice and knew it was him. But the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, that's a whole other thing. They were with him, like you said, for hours. Yes. I mean, there had to have been, and again, going back to that supernatural, there had to have been a veiling of who he was. Yeah. He I didn't want them to know who he was for some reason. We don't really understand what that reason is, but it's speculated that he wanted to maybe hear what they were thinking. He wanted to hear where they were at, and that's what I like. He wanted to hear where they were at. Right. He had just died. Yeah. Their life was like, what do we do now? Right. And he wanted to get a sense of who they were, where they were, so that he could meet them where they were at. And then when mm. the time was right, broke bread, and their eyes were open. Right. Yeah. So and then he disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> go? <laughs> you got to love that, too. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, again, those are just some theories. Same thing when, when he went out to the men fishing and said that, you know, they didn't recognize who he was. And, and speculative theory, of course, again, it's what he was on the shore, they were in the boat, it's too far away, didn't know who he was type thing. There's some of these things we just have to uh, say, okay, I can't really understand why. But as I've said before, I'm a big application guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in my days of college, years and years before Chris graduated from college, <laughs> um, I remember we'd sit around and there was these nerdy people, TJ, you would have loved them. Nice. Uh, and, and we'd dig and we'd talk, and, and I know sometimes I'd go away from those conversations because I've never been that bent sure. to that degree, but sometimes I'd go away from those conversations and i think, okay, well that's good, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How does that affect me today? And in this understanding of why they didn't recognize Jesus, I think sometimes that effect for me today is realizing there's a time, there's times that I don't understand what Jesus is doing at a given moment or where he is at this point in my life. And, and to know during those times that he's still there. Right. And, and to press through and wait for him to reveal the direction or the, the movement that he needs from me or for me at that point. Right.
to Emmaus. I mean, we had a series, um, oh, a year and a half ago or so, called Seven Miles, yeah. um, sermon series on uh, that followed along this same theme. And uh, not that it necessarily relates to that. My thoughts with that, but are uh, a couple of things. Yes, in because part of the ascension of Jesus is or, or the resurrection of Jesus is one day we will have a resurrected body. Those who follow Jesus, we will one day have a resurrected body that is so not influenced or impacted by just the destructive parts of sin that we talked about in the last episode. I mean, that affects us physically as well. I do think, and, and one of the guys, you know, outside of Scott Applegate and and, and a few, a hand, there are a handful of guys that um, I do really listen and learn to or learn from. And one of, those, one of those is Tim Keller. And to hear him describe some of his thoughts about this resurrection of our bodies as well is uh, the impact of sin even on us physically is so significant that when he talks about you know being beyond death in uh, living with God forever in heaven that when we in- encounter one another that there will be this similar to their just stated fact with his disciples where they looked at him and didn't quite recognize him right and that there is such the impact of on us on our physical bodies the sinful piece that when we're resurrected there's going to be like this you know think i haven't seen this person since they were 18 and we graduated high school and i haven't seen him for 25 or 30 years there is some resemblance there it's like well i should know who you are i i, I should know i like yeah. you look familiar That's a to great me point. yeah um yeah and that when we get to heaven, there'll be some of this where we'll be like, I saw bits of you, Scott. I saw bits of that, of that very holy, uncorrupted part. I saw bits of you, but I didn't see it in you physically. But I do recognize something that's there. Yeah, that's neat. That's Isn't that neat. pretty Because cool. what I hear you saying is I'm going to look better, and I would like that. <laughs> I may even have hair again, which I'm kind of not so sure if I'd like that. But that's... that's that's, Isn't that interesting? That's really, really yeah. good Isn't stuff to think about. Yeah, there's yeah. bits of, of who you really are yes. that yeah. that may come out. Yeah. Good analogy with the high school thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the other part of that is even his disciples. I mean, his disciples that were with him for a few years, right? Yeah. Daily. Because those guys... Those guys hang together, yep. right, in that ancient culture. That's what makes me think that maybe it was an intentional, like like you said, to see what they're, where they're at, like what's, what's their feeling. I also like the thought of they expected a different Jesus, right? Yes. They expected a different, they saw him as the Messiah, the one that would come back to put Israel in her proper yes. place in the world, right? Yes. And that was their expectations of this is the Messiah. This is the Jesus that we expect. 
he did not fit their expectations. Right. I got to ask myself, am I missing Jesus somewhere? Because my expectations yeah. of him frame him in a different way that when he shows up and he's not meeting those expectations, that I miss him. Yeah. Right? That I don't recognize the real Jesus because my own expectations are getting in the way. So true. So Ooh. true. You wanted application, Scott? There you go. Yeah, I love application. Chris comes through. Hey, Chris, thanks for not being so nerdy. Get me something to walk out of here with that I can I can sink my teeth in. Because we do that. We really do. And all of us that are listening to this, you, you know what we're saying. You, you're expecting a certain thing. You even might be praying for a specific thing. Right. And, and God comes in a whole different way. And you go, like, hold it. Is this real? In our heart of hearts. We don't want to miss Jesus. No, not at all. And and, and there there something in my heart, yes, that would say, "Boy, I want him to show up and look like this." Yeah. But ultimately, when he doesn't do that, it's not a letdown, right? Because we don't want to miss him. Ultimately, in our heart of hearts, we don't want to miss him. So. Well, guys, for time, I think we'll wrap the discussion on this. Um, encourage all of our listeners again. Uh, we've got some questions and some discussion that will get started out on the Facebook group. So, again, go out to Facebook and uh, look for Novation Church. Find the TND Facebook group and, and continue um, the discussion and, and questions there. That's what we're all about, guys, for our Novation community to engage, think, and get to know Jesus a bit more so that when he does show up, we're not missing him. TJ, Scott, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm just going to say this. You can cut it out if you want. <laughs> but um, I was hesitant to join into these podcasts because it was something new, something I hadn't done before. Sure. It's a little uncomfortable. And, and I have thoroughly enjoyed the last one and this one. Yeah. And I just want to say to anybody out there that, that you might be feeling that stirring that maybe I should do something. Um, but you're a little uncomfortable. Talk to Chris. Yeah. Um, because having three or four people here just makes this go so smoothly, and the interaction yeah. is so good. Excellent. So again, thanks, Chris, for for Absolutely. inviting me. Absolutely, in. and let's we'll leave this in for sure, um, because there is an invitation out there for everyone. That uh, if this is some way you would like to serve your Novation community is to participate in this. If there's even a little spark there, that's what this is about. We, we want to um, promote and propagate the one another's in our home groups and in our core groups. And one of those one another's is to teach one another. And that's what, um, that's certainly a portion of what this TND podcast is about. So again, thank you guys. Bet. Cool.